Hey, I'm Drew, and you're listening to episode two of the Citizen Coder Podcast. In this episode, I talk to another Drew, this one from DrewLearns.com, a learning platform with a big free course on web development. We talk about his entry into tech, building a web platform, DevOps, the secret to Udemy, and so much more. Let's dive in. Okay. All right. We're live. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself real quick? Sure. Hi, I'm Drew from codingwithdrew.com. I teach people how to code for free. Um, I've been doing it since, uh, let's see, probably about May. I started doing this um, and it's just blown up. I've been really enjoying the process. I've been hosting a lot of spaces to meet a lot of, a lot of new listeners, new followers, uh, new students and really get to know, you know, who my students are. Um, I've been a DevOps engineer for a couple of years now. Um, I started um, I started my journey as a nuclear engineer in the US Navy and kind of went to freelancing. And then from freelancing, I went uh, to customer support and then kind of progressed along the way to get to where I'm as a, to, to, as a DevOps engineer. Well, wow, that's awesome. Um, so, how long have you been? How long have you been programming? Uh, I got my first computer when I was a kid, like MS DOS. Um, but <laughs> nice. I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider myself a programmer at that time. I didn't know any languages. Um, in fact, I would say I didn't know anything besides Microsoft Access until probably like 2016, 2017. Um, Actually, yeah, that, that sounds about right. And um, I, I knew basics of HTML and CSS at that point. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Embarrassingly, like um, I, I was I was selling websites and I barely knew HTML and CSS, um, which is crazy with no code solutions. It's like, it's a real possibility. Um, and uh, since I was like so embarrassed by it, I, I focused on trying to study as fast and as hard as I could. Um, when uh when the time came to learn JavaScript and I'd be a full stack developer as fast as I could. But yeah, I started uh, learning how to program in 2016. I picked up a Udemy course, um, and uh, HTML, CSS, you know that kind of stuff. Um, and just kind of kind of went from there. But um, uh, what uh, what what kind of made you decide to build a a um learning platform? So um, it's a good question. When um, I set out on this journey, I I was dead set on the idea that nobody was going to hire me because I didn't have a college degree. Mm. So I wanted to prove that I had the requisite knowledge. And so I started blogging about it. And from oh. the very beginning, I knew that like, all right, I'm, I'm setting myself up for potential opportunities later. And had sure. been talking to my wife for the last three years about how I was going to take my blog and turn it into a course. Uh, but I needed to just learn this one more thing, one more thing, and one more thing. And <laughs> I just never wanted to pull the trigger on it. And yeah. she's been encouraging me the whole time. And I was just like, you know, I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. And then one day she, she came to me and she said that her friend had a, um, 
had a son who was considering a ten thousand uh, dollar boot camp for uh, security. And I was like, ten thousand dollars? Do they guarantee him a job or do they place him? And they're like, hmm. no, it just preps him for a test. Oh, and wow. I'm like, that's insane. Like you would pay ten thousand dollars for that. Like let me teach him. Uh, let me let me talk to him. See if he'd be interested in what I do. And he was he was totally into it from the first conversation. So I was like, I tell you what, here's what I'll do. I get up at three o'clock in the morning. Uh, I don't expect you to get up when I get up. So why don't I just record a video of me teaching you like Markdown and then you take it and see what you can make with it. And so that's kind of how it started. And now I'm over a hundred and something videos. So you started recording videos for this? this guy to learn. Yeah. From. He, 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 uh, he took on the challenge of hundred, hundred days of code. And um, he decided at the end that he was going to go to a uh, college that teaches web development. And so that's what he's doing now. And I'm excited to see what comes of it. Wow. That's, that's really awesome. Um, can, can I ask yeah. what you were doing at the time? Or what do you uh, mean? Job wise, were you still in the military at that point, or? No, this was just a couple months oh, ago. Okay, okay. Like, yeah, I I just started recording all these uh, back in May. Oh, okay. So, so I've been um, I've been busy. <laughs> so, how long did it take you to get your first programming job? Uh, well, I didn't wait around, so I, I was freelancing up until I had my first job. I did that for two years. So I freelanced under a uh, company, uh, uh, my company named hostoctopus.com. Um, it's a tongue twister too. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I went with it, but um, I had a cute logo and everything. And my my wife, uh, she helped pick out the logos uh, for both coding with Drew and that one. But yeah, so I, I freelanced for about two years, um, finding small businesses that needed my my uh, my services, either hosting a website for them, making their website faster, or redesigning, re rewiring the whole thing. Um, I did that pretty successfully. I made forty five thousand dollars my first year. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't easy. Um, it came with a lot of a, a lot of late nights. Sure. And you know, that's the grind. Freelancing is Freelancing is a grind. Like you, if you're not coding and uh, you're you're not making money, and the only way that you can make money is to not be coding because you have to go out finding clients. So you're like <laughs> wearing too many hats. And um, you know, at one point I, I was, um, I was just answering the phone uh, in the middle of the night about password resets and stuff, and it's just like I've had enough. And my buddy, who I had recommended go work at um, at Flywheel because I liked uh, Local by Flywheel. It's a local um, WordPress development oh, platform. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. I've used that. Yes. I was like, check this thing out. You should totally apply to work there. And he was like, uh, you know, I might. And so he applied. He started working there. And um, like a month or so later, he was like, hey, I'm having a beer with the CEO. And he sent me a picture of him next to the beer fridge <laughs> drinking beer with the CEO. And I was like, okay, I think I can do this. And so my plan was that I was going to keep freelancing and do that job. So I got picked up as a happiness engineer. So my 
my entire purpose was to resolve developer problems um, on the server. And um, I was really good at it. Like, I feel like I was really good at it anyways. Uh, I was handling, you know, between six and eight chats at a time um, with really great positive feedback. I was the first person to hit uh, 10,000 chats. And I was like one of the last ones to join the team. I, I absolutely loved it. It was fantastic. Um, so that that was my first job in, in tech is, is just solving developer problems with WordPress. And um, I, I honestly, if they paid better, I'd still be there. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, it's customer support. It's an entry level job. Sure. Uh, it tends to not pay too well. And um, through, a, through a series of lucky, uh, lucky, I guess, uh, exposures to CDNs, I got my, um, I left there to join Ally Bank as a CDN engineer. And um, they just needed somebody to work uh, to manage Akamai for them. And I never worked with Akamai, but I had CDN uh, understanding and experience. And they're like, we don't care. We want you. So I got really, really lucky. It was a 30 minute interview. I have no idea how that ended up panning out so well. <laughs> and I did that for a year and um, I was, uh, I was, I was burned out. Like I, I worked, I had a release every night of the week, Monday through Thursday, and it would start at eight o'clock after banking hours. And it would go until like midnight, two o'clock in the morning. And I was just working too much, uh, but I got I got a lot of exposure. Um, they they converted me from CDN engineer to site reliability engineer uh, after about three months. Okay. Is and if you're not familiar with site reliability engineering, it's like a prescriptive methodology of DevOps, and uh, it's it's got a, a primary focus on monitoring and post mortems. So like when an enterprise company has downtime, it costs them a lot of money. Sure. So it's cheaper to hire engineers whose primary focus is trying to keep that downtime at a minimum. At a minimum. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's what I did there. And, you know, it's just been a journey ever since. And uh, so now I just, just do DevOps um, full time and um, mostly just uh, – solving developer problems it's still customer support at the end of the day sure um but instead of dealing with six to eight uh developers at a time i'm dealing with one and uh it's just, it's been really good to me i can't i i love it and i found this passion um and my first first job in tech like i found my people right right and i want i want to introduce more people to it and that's where kind of the passion behind coding with drew came, came along okay so did you set out to just teach um completely free on drewlearns.com or is that or is there like a a uh, subscription fee in the future? So initially I was like, yeah, I'm going to sell this for so much money, I'm going to be rich off of this course. And then I, I started thinking about how I wanted to market it and how I wanted to, you know, expose it to the world and you know, Udemy came to mind, but I don't like how Udemy rips off all their creators. Yeah, so um, let's let's talk about Udemy for a second. Yeah, <laughs> um, I actually had a uh, conversation with a friend of mine about Udemy that I'm probably going to post later. Um, but um, but yeah, so uh, have you have you um, done any Udemy courses or or kind of 
you know, have you, have I've you taken into that? A lot, a lot of Udemy courses. What's your number? And uh, I have like six accounts. Okay. Um, and I couldn't tell you how many courses are on each one because there's a lot. Why six? Um, Is that a lucky number? Well, well, no. <laughs> so here's the here's the reason why I like it's. I feel I feel crappy, kind of the fact that I've done this, but I've probably um, done you it. You know, too, when, so. when when you're when you're financially like kind of yeah. Um, you know, strapped sure. like a a, a hundred dollar course is a lot. Yeah, yeah. But when uh, when Udemy has a, a sale every single day, mm-hmm. and all you need to do is sign up under a new email address, and you can get a course for thirteen dollars. Right. It's a no brainer. Yeah. And so so I signed up for like six different sure. accounts. Yeah. Yeah. It's I've done that too. I've got uh, I think I've got three accounts. Um, I've got probably thirty courses on my main account. And a smattering of of courses over the other two, um, but yeah, the same reason. Um, you know, it just uh, it's it's a no brainer. I I have never bought a single course for a hundred bucks, and full price. Yeah. I, I never will. Um, now that being said, I have paid for yearly subscriptions on things. Um. There is a, but you probably would pay full price if that wasn't an option. Like if they didn't have daily deals every single day of the week, where you could just sign up with another email. I mean, maybe and that's that's where I. Well, I wouldn't have. I probably would have like maybe found. I don't I, know. I, I I honestly think that like they they totally don't do anybody who creates on their on their platform any service other sure. than gaining a, a huge audience. Yeah. And so I considered I agree with posting that. a free course on Udemy just to gain their their audience, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, oh, there's a free course by you know Drew, and right. this would be a really great opportunity for for me to get my name out there. And then I, I checked out I checked out like five different learning management systems um, from Kajabi. Um, Kajabi is really nice, actually. And, and I would use Kajabi if I didn't know what I was doing. Is this a so, is this a platform for uh, creators to use to host their own stuff, or is it a Udemy style for podcasters, for uh, e-learning, any anything that's subscription based that's uh, digital format? Uh, Kajabi is pretty legit. Can you um? There's, can you drop that link in in Twitter? Or yeah, I'll send it to you on Twitter. Kajabi. dot com. There you go. Yeah, uh, I, I checked out um, Lessonly, which um, which is interesting. There's also um, the Gumroad. Yeah, I checked out Gumroad. Uh, I checked out a bunch of different platforms, and they were either way too overpriced, mm-hmm. or they they charged uh, an exorbitant fee for everything that you sold for, and it ultimately came down to. I don't care how many people take my course. I care more about that. I'm building something that's, that's kind of my own. And sure. so I figured, okay, I could pay $125 a month, at Kajabi or 90 bucks a month um, and have them host my thing. And I have a CR, uh, uh, a client relationship management system in there. And, you know, all, all this extra bells and whistles that I don't have time to deal with, or I can spend that same amount on hosting on a decent platform and build something I'm super proud of. So that's what I did. I built my own, my own platform, uh, coding with drew 
and it's on it, it's it's on my own web servers that I manage and um yeah I'm super impressed with it um yeah I actually am too I um you know I've I've kind of looked at it um as you've been building it um you know try to give you a little feedback here and there if I notice something out of out of the ordinary um what what uh what kind of technology do you did you use to build it WordPress actually. Oh, and I know okay. a lot of people are like That's cool. pretty anti WordPress, but um, so I'm using BuddyPress with uh or Buddy Boss with um with what is it called? Um it's an LMS. Is, I, I wanna say it's Is Buddy Boss a theme or is that a plugin for it's a theme system. I, I don't it's hard to describe. It, it it's it's a lot more than just a theme. Um it's kind of all the the nuts and bolts, and then I'm using um, uh, what is what is it called? I have to Google it now. <laughs> WordPress, Do it. LMS, Learn Dash. I'm using Learn Dash. Learn Dash. So, okay. yeah. So I created it all with WordPress, uh, Buddy Boss, and Learn Dash, and you know, it, it I hosted on Kensta. I'm a affiliate with Kensta, so you know if anybody's looking to host their website on Kensta, uh, shoot me a DM on Twitter. It's coding with Drew K, and uh, I'd I'd love to send you a a link. Uh, it would help support all the free things that me and Andrew do. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, send me a send me a link for for that, and um, I'll definitely post it in the show notes. Thanks. I'd appreciate that. Uh, yeah. Um, I also use Elementor, which I'm an affiliate with too. Okay. I have affiliate links for that as well. Right, cool. Um, yeah. So, so my aim was if I'd rather give a free course and then find creative ways to make money off of it mm -hmm. and build a, build an audience. So I, I, have you ever heard of Seth Godin? No. He's a prolific author, writer, um, blog, He's got one of the most read blogs on the internet. Hmm. Um, he, he's just a miraculous human to listen to. Um, but he's his niche, niche, niche. I don't know how you, how most people oh, say Oh, yeah. Niche. Okay. I do recognize him. Yeah. I do recognize him. <laughs> his, his niche is in marketing okay. and, uh, and, and business. Right. And so um, one of the things he talks about is, building your tribe of 2000 people. And I just hit 2000 followers on Twitter, which was like my big goal. Um, I need 2000, like not, not just like people who uh, the, like a number of followers, mm -hmm. but a number of people who I interact with on a regular basis. And I interact with them in spaces. Spaces has be become one of my favorite new things. Uh, uh, like it's a new hobby. I, I host spaces Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Nice. Um, and those spaces are just, it's like a podcast, but it's interactive. Yeah, I've actually and considered doing some of that for some of my episodes. It's its really cool. I love it. Um, I, I had uh, i have one on Sunday, and I had uh, about 300 people in it. Mm -hmm. um, it was a, it was a really great experience, and I recorded it so more people can listen to it if they wanted to. Um, there's just tons of value in like how to find a job and like, like 
just little tips and tricks that people wanted to share. Mm -hmm. I, I, I love that. Like I'm networking and I'm uplifting my network at the same time. Sure. And have you ever heard like the, the saying, like you're the sum of the people mm -hmm. in your network yeah. or the sum of the people you surround yourself yep, by? Absolutely. And yeah. I, I, I think that like, it, I, I, I gain nothing by holding any of these secrets, like how to become a coder, how to learn how to code. Like, I, I gain so much more by giving it away freely than I ever would by like trying to sell it and maybe struggling to like make a few bucks. I mean, I, I really don't need the income. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty fortunate that I, I'm in this position, but um, yeah, I, I, I felt like long-term my plan is to start selling more advanced courses, um, but in the same fashion. So coding with Drew was, um, it was like, here's an introduction to coding and here's some tips on how to get a job in tech uh, based off of the skills that I'm gonna teach you. And you're gonna build a portfolio the whole way through. And so like, it wasn't just like learning a lesson in a, in a vacuum where you like learn Python, but you don't know how to use Python. Sure, yeah. You, you like, you, you know how to like build a, tu build a thing out of a tutorial, but that's it. So I wanted to teach kind of holistically from a macro macro perspective, like this is how you become a, a, a developer. Mm -hmm. And so I would like to teach a senior developer course that I would like to charge for. Okay. Because this is this isn't this isn't easy and the the the, the there are costs. I'd like to offset them. Um, and right. then I'd like to do a freelancer course and a DevOps course. Now, will they be centered around, um, like using WordPress or or just different things? No, um, they're going to be full stack probably, um, and various technologies that I've I've used and learned. Um, I'm probably as much as I hate Jenkins, I'm probably going to teach Jenkins for DevOps because it's so prolific in in in, uh, in pretty common the business world. Yeah, it's like. It's the worst tool, but it's the most common tool. <laughs> and so like, I have to teach the thing that will get, get people more experience or exposure so that way they can land a job. And that's really like my aim. So I want to charge flat flat rates for all my, my courses. And so I settled on $99. My, my wife is like so upset that I was like giving away this course for free to begin with. <laughs> and then she's like, you you have to like charge a premium. People don't find things that are free valuable, and I'm like I don't I don't think that you understand my target audience because um, they're like getting on Udemy like myself mm -hmm. and taking cheaper courses because they want to learn during their free time, right? And th they don't want to like go to college or make a huge investment because they might not like it. Yeah. So so that's why I wanted to do the free introduction. A free it's a free it's a free developer course. Like you learn a, like a lot. Right. And then, then I want to take that and turn it into senior developer where you learn react, react native, um, flutter. Um, you learn database, database management migrations, and you also learn, um, some networking and how, how the internet works, um, for senior developers. So are you thinking, and are you thinking, uh, charging, one price, um, like say, uh, sort of like a yearly subscription and then people have access to all your courses or is this kind of like a per course cost? 
per course. I don't want to. I don't want any subscriptions. It's too much to manage. Sure. I'd rather just give somebody. Um, you know, you paid for the value. Um, you're going to get it, kind of thing, and you always have access to it. Instead of instead of like trying trying to make it like something where somebody would come and like, well, it's a hundred dollars a year, and then a year from now that subscription comes due, and they get slammed with a hundred dollar fee, or mm -hmm. The first thing that's gonna the first thing that's gonna drop during hard times is a is a needless subscription for ten dollars a month. <laughs> that's why Netflix subscriptions are the first things to go in people's budgets. Yeah, know? yeah, for sure. Uh, so, so I'd rather do just a hundred dollar flat fee per course after my free one, and they're optional, right? Like I already teach so much that you don't even really need them to get a job in tech as a developer. Right. Um, you can take my free course and probably land uh, a, a, an associate developer job. I hate junior developer. I hate <laughs> I hate the name, the term. I hate I, that's why I say associate. Yeah, yeah. Because if you look for a junior developer role, they're they're looking for a full stack developer with five years of experience and all these BS things, and it's just it's, it's insane. Just not it's not fair. Yeah. And the the competition is so steep because people are looking for junior developer roles. And they they happen to be the kind of roles where a company is trying to promote somebody to like a manager position, but they don't have anybody underneath them. Right. So it becomes like a instead of it being the most qualified candidate, it's who does the senior developer like the most mm -hmm. uh, that they can work with. Yeah. And I, I just don't really like that. I think so. I think part of the problem is that there are so many people teaching front end stuff. And not enough people teaching DevOps or backend or things of that nature. So you've got a whole slew of people that are just trying to get their foot in the door. And, you know, it's typically a foot in the door in uh, in, in the front end. Um, and I think there might be, I mean, I don't know, but there might be some, some backend areas where they could get their foot in the door. But, you know. It's, it's, it's definitely hard to, like, step into... Because front end is kind of the entryway into web development, right? Sure, like yeah. you're going to start building applications on the front end, right. and you have to have a front end before you can have a back end. Mm -hmm. And you oh, know, yeah. so it's a natural progression. And I don't think you can really get into DevOps unless you've already been a developer. Okay, that makes sense. Um, mostly just from an empathy standpoint, mm -hmm. right? Like understanding your, excuse me, understanding your, um, your, your customer. Um, which is developers. Um, operations is is a totally different world. I can write code today, and it'll still be in in operation two or three years from now because it's not subjected. Uh, it's not subjective. It's not. Um, it's not like front end code, right? Like the, the moment you commit front end code, it's already out of date, and then right. in a year yeah. there's a new framework yeah. or. You know, it's not as accessible as it should be. There's a new standard mm -hmm. or, you know, it can be improved upon. Whereas like if I write a script, it's it's good. It works. It does the job and it doesn't matter how pretty or ugly it is. Right, right. I'll be happy if I never have to touch CSS again. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I've kind of steered clear of front end um, anymore. I just, I got kind of burnt out on all the frameworks and all the new, you know, uh, JavaScript this javascript that js you know all that kind of stuff coming out um so i think uh going forward i'm either going to 
um, finish out learning PHP and maybe jump into Laravel or uh, learn Ruby and jump into Rails. Uh, I know both, both of those are kind of maybe smaller areas, but... Um, PHP and Bash are so similar. Yeah. If I was going to learn PHP, I'd learn Bash first mm -hmm. and then learn PHP. Um, just mostly just because the 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 mental lift on uh, from one to the other is pretty minimal. Okay. And um, I've learned quite a few languages now, and um, it's really interesting to take uh, um, after you learn your first one. All the other ones come super easy. Right. And this is why I teach Bash before I teach JavaScript. Yeah, I was going to ask because, you about the Bash. Yeah, so Bash is my favorite language by far. It's so simple. It's uh, the most widely used language on on the web, right? Like everything is Linux-based uh, that, that uh, a website's going to live on or software is generally going to live on a Linux uh, box. Right. So if if you learn Bash, it's gonna it's gonna serve you so well through your career, and then it also gives you a mental mapping of how a language works. And so you can take that same mental mapping because uh, an array is an array. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, you know, you, you you take these fundamentals of programming in one language and you can carry it over into another one. So I like I wrote um, an article when I was learning Python. I compare Python to JavaScript. And after learning Python, I absolutely hated everything about JavaScript because it's <laughs> so much easier than Python. JavaScript is, uh, I, I, if there was one thing I could redo, mm -hmm. it would be not learning JavaScript first. Yeah. Um, JavaScript is, is, a, is an older language that has a lot of luggage. Right. And instead of doing what Python's done, where they have Python 3 and it no longer supports Python 2, right? JavaScript still supports the very beginnings of JavaScript. And so you have to learn how it was done all the way through to like ECMA 6. Right. And it's just kind of, it's, it's a mess mm -hmm. and it's there's a lot of luggage. Yeah, yeah. And then there's a new framework of the day. So you got to learn that. Yeah. And it's it's almost a it's almost a requirement that you know a framework it, it, uh, Java, anymore. Yeah, the whole JavaScript ecosystem is like a... A, a language with with ADD, like it's <laughs> like there's you know every yeah. time you turn around there's something new. Oh, let's you know we need this. Oh, we need that. Oh, we need this. And you know half the time or maybe most of the time it's not necessarily a requirement, but everybody just wants to jump on the new thing, jump on the new thing, and that makes it well, the reason really is really hard. Most developers learn JavaScript, and so when you have a problem and you only have a single tool in your toolbox you know you see a nail and all you have is a screwdriver you're going to use a screwdriver right sure, yeah like i i feel like javascript is a screwdriver in that scenario yeah okay and so like as you learn more languages you learn like okay javascript is really great mm -hmm. but for a specific purpose like i would never try to build a website using python i know you can using django but i don't want to even want to learn it because there's no jobs for it as far as i know right um, like you might find one, but in, in comparison to JavaScript, mm -hmm. yeah, not even close. And um, if I was gonna, if I was gonna like learn a scripting language, it would be a, a hard toss between Bash, Python, or Go. Um, they're they're a better use case than say Node.js, which is 
which is what like JavaScript developers like, oh, I got this problem. Uh, I'll solve it with Node. And so you have all these NPM packages mm -hmm. or like the heaviest thing in the universe is NPM packages. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your your modules. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there's there's a there's just I don't know. I don't I just don't see the point of trying to do everything with JavaScript. Um, when there's, you know, other, other solutions that might be easier. Oh, there it goes. Sorry. My phone took a fall and then my screen went wonky. <laughs> Are you recording from your phone? No, no, no. Um, I dropped my phone on my keyboard. It fell off to the, Oh, I didn't even hear it. <laughs> uh, no. Um, I did the first episode with my phone, um, and a, uh, uh, just kind of a, a hacky mic that really didn't work too well, but you know, that's, that's the beauty of it. You can kind of, you know, throw it in a uh, program and edit. Um, so it worked out. Okay. The sound isn't the best. I definitely recommend checking out Descript. Descript. Yep. Okay. What is this? This is for audio recording, okay. editing software. Right. You edit, you edit, uh, as a, as a script. Oh, interesting. So you can get rid of dead space with a click of a button. Oh, I might have to try um, some. It's, it's amazingly wonderful. I haven't started um, investing in tools yet because I'm... Well, you can get a free trial with like three free hours of, oh, yeah. uh, of editing okay. and transcription. You pay for the transcription on it, and uh, it, it's amazing. So throw this thing through there. Um, and you'll you'll be blown away with how good this tool cool. is. Cool, yeah, I'll give that a shot. I'll try it out and see see what it's like. Yeah, there's so many there's so many tools and stuff. So I started using Zencaster um, to do the uh, the main hosting and um, and it does um, it does like quality edit. So it raises all the levels and you know kind of levelizes the sound and things like that. Um, so that's that's nice, but it doesn't cut out dead space. And if there are sound issues, it doesn't really fix them too much. Um, you know, I had a recording that uh, I was working with earlier today. And uh, my buddy's mic had like a high-pitched whine in it. And I just couldn't figure out how to, to, how to remove it. Um, and Descript. <laughs> uh, I mean, just I'll it. throw it in there and, and you know, see if it works. That would be great. Uh, it would be good just to uh, still be able to use the audio. So um, <laughs> I'll give that a shot. You're going to love it. <laughs> um, I use it for recording my screen okay. and the ability to like edit uh, audio and overdub stuff. Mm -hmm. You can train its AI to speak in your voice. It is the craziest thing. It is so cool. Oh, wow. That's weird. It's weird, but at the same time, like if you're editing stuff, sure. it's so helpful to like, oh, I, I didn't mean to say that word or it doesn't, it's not very clear. Uh -huh. So you can overdub that word using your voice without having to record yourself. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Wow. That, so, that'd be worth looking into. That'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> I pay $30 a month for it. Okay. It's a, it's not that bad. Um, I would pay far more for this product and I'm just so impressed with it. So I got to tell everybody who's recording anything with it. 
yeah, I'll give it a shot because if that if it helps that much, uh, definitely be worth using. Uh, yeah, um, I hope I hope I've given you some like tools and tips that might might be beneficial to you. I don't oh, know. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm going to go through these these links. So once we're, once we're through here, if you can kind of send me all the um, well links to your platform, of course, and uh, any other. Uh, sure. Any other, a thing that might be useful would be good. Um, do you prefer the term coding or programming? <laughs> I don't really have any preference, yeah. really. Um, it doesn't bother me one way or the other, but it's a, it's an interesting question. I guess coding uh, was the name that I landed on um, because programming with Drew just doesn't sound good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's longer too. You know, coding's kind of kind of short, short and sweet. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, thanks for coming on with me today, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I look forward to seeing what the final product is. Yeah, man. I'll chop it up nice. <laughs> I look forward to yeah, it. Yeah, me too. All right. All right, buddy. All right. Bye. Thanks a lot. We'll see you. This has been episode two of the Citizen Coder Podcast. If you'd like to try Drew's free code course, you can find it at drewlearns.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at CodingWithDrewK. Check out the show notes for all the links and tools mentioned in the show, and as always, I'll see you next time.